On today's episode, we're gonna debunk five first-time homebuyer myths. If you were in a band, what instrument would you play? Mm, I think like. Uh, Can you even percussion. name an instrument? Percussion. <laughs> that's uh, that's not even an instrument. I was in the percussion. <laughs> oh, that's right. You played triangle, didn't you? Nah, man. Snare drum. Ooh, snare. I was French horn and trumpet. Oh, it was the only one that would play French horn. It was a short-lived. Uh, Short-lived band run. Yeah, I it's think, all good. Cutter quits at about seventh grade. Well, I love that producer Josh always throws in an excellent little jingle for us. It really sets the mood. Yeah, it does. It kind of just loosens me up a little bit. Loosens you up, which is what we need because today you are actually tuning in, watching, listening, whatever it might be to MLO. This is the show, and my name is Addy Net, and this is my good counterpart. Casey Carpenter. Say hello, Casey. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Today, I think we got some good stuff to provide people, wouldn't you say? It's good. We really thought about today's episode on what what will be the biggest impact. Now, today we're going to debunk five first-time homebuyer myths. So rumors, drama, gossip, things that people say... Backyard barbecues, as I, you know, yeah. the old Grandpa Joe told you, A, B, and C. Dan. We're going to tackle those because even if you're not a first time home buyer, I really urge everyone to try to collect a few nuggets, as Casey would say, from the app. A lot of good stuff out there, regardless of being a first time home buyer or not. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we can drop you guys a couple of one or two liners. And then maybe at those barbecues, you can feed back better information. But you have to say it in a way that doesn't make you that guy. Yeah, don't be, right. don't be Uncle Dan. Don't be the guy that corrects the uncle that corrects the other uncle, and then there's that awkward. Oh my gosh! Then you're, you're, you're I didn't think about that. Then you got two guys back. And yeah, forth. and then all of a sudden your hamburger is a hockey puck when you ask for medium rare. <laughs> Very true. It's so true. So, okay, we, let's get on to it. We're gonna debunk five first-time homebuyer myths. This is big. Let me give you the first one. Hit me with number one. It, you might think uh, this isn't true, but uh, actually a lot of people think that they have to put at least 20% down as their down payment for their home purchase. And that, guys, is what? Simply not true. That was a dramatic. <laughs> Simply what? Not, not true. true. It's interesting because ever since the internet was invented, you'd think someone like that would kind of debunk itself. But it's still the number one thing people say. Yeah. Or not maybe even not really say, Casey, but prevents from planning, having that first call, building out a strategy. We're not quite to 20%. We're just waiting. Right. And the reality of the situation is there's a lot of different options, right, Casey? Yeah, and, and you know, maybe... There's that factor of private mortgage insurance out there that sure. maybe people are thinking about when they're factoring that in, like, oh, that's why, or something like that. But, mm-hmm. hey, guys, there's other options. You can do this, and I'll run down the list for you. You can do a VA home loan that has an option of 0% down. If you're a veteran. If you're a veteran. Eligible. Yep, and this is all compliance speaking, guys. Um, USDA home loan has a, a 0% down option as well. Mm-hmm. If the property is in a USDA-approved location, yada, yada, yada. Check. Conventional home loans have a 3% down payment option. For first-time home buyers. For first-time home buyers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. FHA has a 3.5% down mm-hmm. option. Yes, sir. And those right there are options that are not 20% down. Great rundown of the list there. It's so true. But it's uh, simple. In the thing for me, too, is like 
just zero down isn't always what I, I don't even remember the last time that I advised a zero down program. I'm a big fan of at least starting off with some equity, but the main point is if your entire reason is I'm not buying a home because I'm saving toward 20%, the problem is you will always be there for the most part because you can't outsave appreciation right now. Right, Casey? Yeah, then it's such a good point because yeah. you could be behind the curve, what Addison's you know, saying to you guys, that because the home values and prices are going up each year, so you'd be chasing that. You're chasing that, trying to save. Um, and it's a good point because sometimes getting your foot in the door early, mm-hmm. you can start capturing some of the equity growth too, mm-hmm. and that actually would make up your 20%. Got to ride the wave, baby. Yeah. And I think one of the bigger things too is when I go through the mortgage strategy call, especially from our VIP line members and the MLO network, anyone that comes in and sets up that strategy session with me, Casey, I'm going to break down different options. So typically three to five different options. Uh, One example would be, what does my payment look like at 5, 10, 15%? There's a lot of different variables. Sometimes the rate adjusts. Sometimes the mortgage insurance stays the same or goes down. There's a lot of different factors. And with interest rates and mortgage terms being so attractive, meaning low, low, low right now, maybe we want to stay a little more liquid. Use some of those funds for reserve account. You know, those rainy days. Maybe you want to start building out a real estate portfolio and you're already halfway to your next build or your next purchase, right? Totally. And look at the world we're living in, guys. It wouldn't wouldn't be, you know, the unwise decision just have some money in the bank and make sure you're protected just in case, you know, maybe things aren't, you know, going as planned with employment or something, right? I'm a big fan of six to 12 months of overhead liquid, meaning whatever it takes for you to pay your bills. Um, Everyone, if you got kids or family has different overhead uh, or minimum payments, but six to 12 months post purchasing your home is usually the common goal factor for comfort level. So even if you're gonna put all your money into the down payment, I'm going to give you one of those options in my advisement on, well, let's look at it from this perspective. So it's definitely something to look to. And we've got five points. So that's number one. That's number one, guys. So you don't have to just put 20% down. But Addy, why don't you tell me what number two is? Yeah, number two, and this is a big one, and it comes and goes depending on really how hot the market is. But a lot of people say that renting is cheaper than buying a home. And that is not always true. Um, I think it's just most of the time people aren't comparing apples to apples because there are benefits to both. um, But the longevity of home ownership usually beats being a tenant to a landlord. Right, Casey? Yeah, guys. And there's some just stuff that I don't think gets factored into that Mm -hmm. thought is you do have rental increases, right? And mm-hmm. that's what's that's what's interesting to me. Like people might think of it in a shorter window, like a mm-hmm. one year perspective when they do numbers of it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, here's my rent payment, and here's would be my, all my overall cost, right? Mm-hmm. With, the, with buying a home and monthly payments up. But think about it from a longer run. Like look at it from a five or even a ten year perspective. Mm-hmm. That rent is dramatically going. Mm-hmm. Depending on your mortgage product and all that kind of stuff, your monthly payment, you know, would be fixed for most part other than property taxes, home insurance, right? So variable changes. But for the most part, that payment could stay pretty relatively fixed, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't get factored in. That's why people I think lose track. Like in in the long run, Mm -hmm. man, there's a lot of money, equity be gained, appreciation, Mm -hmm. and a cash flow there, guys, that you're gonna save over. Yeah, the biggest things 
biggest thing for me, the way I look at it, is ownership comes with a couple different factors to consider. Um, one being what you had just mentioned with um, the, the tax structuring. So we're not tax accountants, so you want to talk to your CPA, right. whoever does your taxes for you. But as of right now, um, the interest that you pay on that mortgage is a deduction for your taxable income. And there's other benefits we don't have time to get into, but that overall and the longevity of a calendar year does help you significantly. And then the value increases, right? So there's going to be ups and downs throughout the market. But overall, last I heard from NAR, we're historically at about a four point something percent appreciation rate. So that's big money. Um, and I'll cap you're not that. getting that when you're renting, right? And I'll cap that. So that's appreciation, right? And mm-hmm. I, I just did some, you know, some searching and, uh, where kind of the Portland area where we're located, uh, big. yeah, for rental increase is I I think the rule is that they can go up to almost like a seven percent as their rental you know caps for increases and stuff like that. So just think that into into mind, guys, because that long run that mm-hmm. rent payment could just keep going up as that mortgage payment maybe is a little bit just from your property tax or something like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, what I'm saying? yeah, in that, most cases, your landlord is going to hit you with with the cost of maintaining they incorporate that inflation all of those things so it is nice to isolate if you choose 30 years on the principal and interest section of your overhead for housing costs so that is that's massive right right that is massive um i mean lastly if you're structuring a retirement goal you got to look at the fact that you're going to want to pay this off in one, two, three decades and then not have any overhead, no note, just the property taxes and insurance. So if you're trying to retire, most retirement plans I've learned are structured, assuming you own your home. That's never in the fine print. Oh, think about it that way. Think about it. So it's like you're contributing to a 401 and you're dependent on forecasted social security income, all of those factors for the most part, any sort of calculator article. And I've even talked to my financial advisor. It's like, yeah, we assume you will own your home at the age of 62, 68, 72. So if you're going to rent your whole life, you're going to be hustling, right? Or you could move in with a family member and, yeah, you never know. You never but know. it should be a part of the plan and discussed, right? Yeah, and at the end of the day, guys, just make it a plan. Please, mm-hmm. please, like, reach out and just have the conversation. And I guarantee you, you'd be amazed at maybe some numbers you'd see. Oh, yeah, 100%. Heck, yeah. How about this, though? I've always been heard you have to have perfect, perfect credit, man. Like, Ooh. you got to have perfect credit to buy. So I, I see what you did. this could be our uh, myth number three, Addy, so why don't you tell me about it? That was a really slick transition. You, like, reverse engineered the bridge from two yeah, to three. Sort of. I didn't even see it coming. <laughs> Tried. So number three is, uh, hit me with that one more time. I've heard out there you have to have perfect credit to buy a home. Yeah. And you got to love the word perfect because what does that mean to yeah, anyone? Exactly. Right? So no, you do not. There are different guidelines per the loan program for minimum credit scores. And also it could vary from lender to lender. Um, I had a really good good client call yesterday and he was told by someone that another backyard backyard something you know like (laughs) that on the va loan he needed to have a 660 credit score and that is absolutely not true there's actually a lot of lenders that will go to 580 minimum and some 620 but that particular person was 660 and it um, there's a lot of little things like that where like I know I'm overusing the backyard thing, but 
like my wife and I remember before we bought our first home, we had heard at a networking kind of event that you needed to be at your job for two years. Same job, same position, no changes. And there's right so there. much more to the story. Often now, the economy is completely different. Like the average time spent for 30 something at a job is less than 18 months. So, yeah. you know, that's a whole nother conversation, but you can't just can't assume what you hear is right. And the internet's not always right either. I was Googling something the other day and the article was from 2010. I was like, this is not relevant. Yeah, that's so I had to re-Google 2020 and then verify I was looking at a Freddie Fanny or a government website. So yeah, you gotta go back you, to the uh, high school days of fact checking. You really gotta be careful. But I think what I like what you do the best about it is you really, from a mortgage advisor standpoint, encourage people to have the credit conversation earlier and so that they can build out a plan, right? Absolutely. And I know Addy's, you know, kind of gave us some stories on on how he did it too, you know, coming from his past. But mm -hmm. that's just like I think it's day one, guys, because Truthfully, I don't think most people know where their credit is. They might have an idea, you know, but uh, they, they're getting it probably based off of, you know, an internet provided thing or free credit com or something like that. So it's mm -hmm. like step number one is try to probably know where your credit's at. Yeah, I see just as many like, oh, my credit's higher than I thought stories as the totally. like credit's lower. Um, <laughs> really, I, I got I got a funny one real quick because I, I had a client the other day that, um, uh, yeah, uh, they thought it was 500, but 500 being like the top tier. Mm. And so the conversation started to change and be really like, oh, well, maybe we need to look at some things. But yeah. then we figured it out. Now it was like an 800. <laughs> Which is 300 off. Didn't give yourself the, the, the bonus, right? Yeah, but at the end of the day, guys, information is out there. It's always good to just double check it and fact it like Addy's saying, you mm -hmm. know, and because you don't want to be fed the wrong information. And, and if you don't have anyone to call, you can give us a call to fact check information. How'd you do that? Yeah, I think it's nice to remind people of our VIP line that's reserved for the MLO Why network, not? right? So let's hit them with that number. You can call or text us. It hits not only Casey, myself, Bree, who's on her conference right now, couldn't make it, but it hits that line. Um, and that number is 503-847-9038. I'm really proud that we don't have to look down at our note sheets to say that number. We said it hundreds and hundreds of times, right. but it's always on the edge. Are we going to get that number? But yeah, just in conclusion to kind of bookend that, it's important if you want to start that conversation and we can be of a resource. You do have a safe place, a team that will support you, whether you're buying, refinancing, or planning to sell. It's good to have that. I call them the mortgage strategy call, right, Casey? Yeah, and it's good to have it, and especially kind of tying back into where we're at, you know, with that credit. If you're unsure where it's at, or maybe you need some advice on a plan to get there, mm -hmm. um, Addy or myself are happy to take that time and, and try to build that out for you, you know? And the first step is really just having it reviewed or having the conversation, really, and then then taking the next step. Yeah, and I would say there's a lot of structuring stuff when it comes to the credit, because someone, even to argue the other side of the fence, someone might think that they have this fabulous credit score and it's really pulling from an estimator that's only TransUnion. And when, in fact, the mortgage right now system pulls all three. Yeah. Yeah. Experian, Equifax, TransUnion. And your pricing model, as they call it in the financing world, the rate and terms you get, is determined by the middle of the three scores. So the reporting isn't very consistent, meaning you could have something super high on the uh, TransUnion and have great, great, great history. All your accounts are reporting to that. And then yeah. your Equifax um, and Experian aren't reporting those same trade lines. So you could be like 800, 
660, 660. And you're like, oh, my mid score is 660. That whole time you thought you had an 800 credit score. Dramatic example. There, right, but, but still a good point. It's good to know. And what we, we always like to do is work in the best interest. It's our job to for the client. So we want to structure it accordingly and get you on a plan. Say, you're like, hey, I'm going to buy in one year. I yeah. know I'm going to be getting a gift from my grandfather. So we want to talk about that, but it's not coming for six months. I think I'm here on score and we're working with you. And we've got a lot of relationships with the credit companies and a lot of experience looking at credit profiles. Be like, okay, uh, this is kind of the pathway that could lead you and change your monthly payment significantly because the, there's dramatic differences, Casey, huge, huge, huge from say like a 660 to a 760. Yeah, guys. And at the end of the day, every little bit sometimes can help you, mm -hmm. you know, especially uh, if, if you're on the fence with something. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it'd be time, time well spent, because if you thought it was you had, you know, upper tier credit score, but let's just say there's some hair in there and mm -hmm. some stuff that had to be figured out. And you just went into contract. Now all of a sudden we just got a, uh, you know, a curveball a monkey ranch. Right. So it's like yeah. uh, it's it, it'd be. It'd be wise to curveball. start the curveball. Wise to start the process. Well, I think like to make it maybe someone out there that doesn't really understand the lingo of real estate yet, and they're just like jumping on the show and dabbling in. The easiest way to look at it is buying a car because almost everyone's bought a car, right? True. So it's interesting when say the next time you're at that barbecue, right? People are talking about, oh, I, I have this car. Why does one person might have a rundown sedan in paying $500 a month for that? And then somebody's driving a brand new SUV and has the same payment. Yeah. Why do you think those payments are the same, but the actual collateral is completely different? Credit. It's an easy credit way. is everything. Yeah. So it's interesting. I think it's really digestible. Yeah, right? totally. Like, you're like, oh man, you're totally right. So, so many people balk and grind and like, I'm going to wait for a foreclosure market or I want to grind and get the best deal possible on the home side of it. And when in reality, the thing that they can control on their payment the most isn't the one or two grand on the bidding war of real estate. Right. It's the structuring of the finances. And that starts with having a plan, making sure you have it all together and having someone working in your best interest. Right, Case? Absolutely. Absolutely. And at the end of the day, guys, it's just going to set you up for success. Gotta love that. Yeah. Success. Hit me with number four. Number four. So not all mortgage lenders are created equal. Oh, that's such a good one, guys. Yeah, I, a lot of people think that it's just like this universal currency. Just one line item for everybody. Yeah, no, I mean, it is, I mean, we're on an analogy train here, but like you go to one grocery store and canned beans are one price here and go to another one, same exact canned beans and a different price. Perfect. Right? Done. Same product, different prices. So there is kind of a balancing act because I think one of the things that trips up a lot of people is the internet yeah. because of the banner ads and- totally. Oh my gosh, this interest rate or this interest rate. You were telling me a really, to go on the auto loan analogy, you were telling me about the Mercedes. I love that story. Yeah, yeah guys, this one's funny to me because everybody sees it and it's just like those commercials out there constantly. You guys see this. It's that C-Class. It's that nice looking Mercedes. You can lease it real easy for a buck ninety nine a month. You know, but guess what? I haven't found that guy yet. 
They don't exist. At one time, I even <laughs> called just for fun and I'm like, oh, that one's gone. Yeah, she's gone. Nah. But we got one for you for 475. It is. And it's funny being now, you know, I've been doing this for quite a long time. And because I'm in loan structuring as a yeah. licensed mortgage advisor, yes, sir. I, you know what I do on the commercials? All I'm doing is reading the fine print. Fine print. I yeah. love reading the fine print Me because too. it's like, oh, yeah, it's like this for $199. And then the fine print's like, if I bring $22,000 to the table, it's like, well, the car's worth like 30 Well, they need, what, that's a small loan of that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Only one available at this price. You must call before the end of the commercial. Have an opportunity. Yeah. You and, know? and I think that's what bugs me the most about it too is is just the constant flooding of marketing and people you know they just get flooded with it you're sitting there on your couch and it's just like you know so and so ship mortgages you know and so and so this and so and so that it's just flooding flooding and then you go on the internet and all of a sudden you know low rate this low rate that yada yada. and there's no details and it's just like they as, as a consumer people are just assuming okay that's what it is right but there's so many layers to it um not you know apples and oranges right yeah and then there's a lot to unpack there it's probably a whole nother episode but also a lot of people choose to use like an internet lender where there isn't a human person supporting you and at least in our market in the pacific northwest portland metro vancouver southwest washington yeah no, those offers aren't getting accepted because they know there's no the sellers know there's no communication Right. The the transaction experience is going to be subpar. No one's going to know if it's going to close on time. And there's just too many variables that sellers aren't willing to risk. So going with a human and really going into like, hey, I have someone on my team, someone that's going to call the sellers on my behalf when I put in an offer. In your corner. Someone that's going to structure the loan as if it was their own. That's super important. And I just think, you know, when you're trying to compare apples and apples, tripping over $20, $40 in little tiny fees isn't worth it because you're going to waste a ton of time out in the buyer field, right, Case? Yeah, and and I think what people come to find, too, in this market of shortage of inventory, we've been talking about that on other episodes and stuff, how it's, you know, it's a tough market out there, right? So most times sellers aren't waiting around messing around, you know, they don't want to wait around for the pre-approval letter. They don't want to, it's just too much. You gotta, you gotta have it lined up, teed up, ready to mm-hmm. go. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're wasting time, there's nine or 10 offers on the table right now on these things. It's so true. And lastly, before we go roll into the other one, there's a lot of low, low rates that are disclosed. And then you're working with a company for a really long amount of time and you work your butt off to get into contract and then you get those initial disclosures and you didn't know you were getting charged fourteen thousand dollars for that rate and really the uncharged rate is so much higher and so out of market and that's why at mlo we've built out the system to where you're giving the different options you're changing it every day with how the market is every time they're putting in an offer and you just have people really caring and it's not a cattle call for steak right come yeah, on yeah and that's why I, I like about it because guess what guys that they might have made the mistake so they got that piece of paper and then they called Addy or Casey or another you know local person and said hey guys can you take a look at this review this for me right. called the MLO VIP number and reached yep. out and we did we want hey, do you guys notice that there's this much cost there and was that stuff and that's what we're here for to get you into something that is worth your time and your money yeah you got to have someone like 
helping you and can really translate things into digestible fashions because the paperwork's so freaking confusing. Like it's like candy went out there on some of those disclosures. It's like, I was even talking to my wife the other night. It's like, if I didn't do this all day, I have no idea how someone would track this. So right. not only do does our team do a really good job of, obviously we're gonna disclose the official documents which are very archaic and outdated looking, then that's industry standard everywhere. Everyone's bought a car or bought a house or done one or both, right? right? But we do a really good job at also building out a very clear spreadsheet and diagram so you can actually understand it and learn and not just be shoved a bunch of papers. <laughs> yeah, truthfully, that's the most exciting part, you know, about the job is it's just people's reaction from mm. getting good information and just easy to digest information. Yeah. Well, let's go number five. Five. And this is actually a good one because it kind of ties in, guys. Once you get that home per, uh, that home un- under contract, you get that offer accepted. You did all your steps right up there. Now it's like you hear, oh, you don't have to do a home inspection. Yeah, home inspections strange. are really important, everyone. It's so strange. And well, I think my biggest example would be people that elect to buy a new construction home assume that you don't need a home inspection. Now, everyone out there, a home inspection's additional cost. When you get an accepted offer, you have the option to pay. In our market, it's like three to $500, depending on the rush, the time, how extensive or complex the property is. But they're going to essentially, since we're going on the auto analogies, they're going to look under the hood. Yeah, they're right? looking under that hood. And the way I explain it, you're looking for two buckets within that home inspection. Number one bucket, your big red flags, Casey, those things that make you want to back out, safety concerns and all those issues. But the other one is really the maintenance plan, what to expect, you know, DIY projects on the weekend, ceiling windows, caulking, maybe the roof expected life, um, all these things, the big picture. But do, do, do not. We do not advise people ever to skip that home inspection. No, do not skip that home inspection, guys, because that's just basically going to give you that DNA of the home. Ooh, I really like that. The DNA of the home. We want to look at that strand, make sure there's nothing in there that we need to cut out. Because there might be a little bit, but that's okay. Don't skip that. And the sub-inspections of that would be your radon, testing that air quality, as well as the sewer scope. Do not. They put a little camera down the line and make sure that that's not cracked. These are things we don't want to skip on. The biggest investment of your life. Absolutely. So... That kind of wraps us up for the show today, Casey. I really like debunking these five myths with you, my good man. We went through it. We did. And let's lastly let everybody know how they can reach us one more time on that VIP line. Yeah, guys, please call out. This is 503-847-9038. And you have been watching the MLO show with my main man, Casey. And Addy Ned over here. And until next time, my friends, we will... Catch you on the flip side. Dun, 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 dun. On the next episode of MLO, we're going to go behind the curtains. What's involved during the underwriting process? Mm-hmm.